Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. We loved you, Pastor Dan. I loved you so much, and we actually talk about you all day long. Our, most of our conversation is about the church all the time, about members, pray, and uh, stand in faith for you, pray for your breakthroughs, and you know, your, your face, your name are in my mind all the time, and we, we keep praying and we believe in God. We believe that God put all of us together here. Amen? So I would like to teach the last sermon about the family of God. When I was a young boy, about five, six, or seven years old, a neighbor of mine always invited me to go to their home. And we sat on the roof of the house. That house, they have a roof and with a place to sit. And the two brothers shared the gospel with me. I heard about Jesus when I was about seven years old. But I did not want to break the heart of my dad, so I did not want to become a Christian at that time. Then God never gave up on me. I met a beautiful girl. Her name is Dararat. And she is a very devout Catholic woman who always went to church. So in order to make my girlfriend happy, I went to church with her. But I did not pursue God that much. I just went to please my girlfriend. But at least I exposed to something about God. My dad sent me to the Catholic school, so I heard about Jesus, heard about Satan in the Catholic school. But after a while, I finished my medical school, and I heard about the Bible from my brother-in-law. And I went back to Thailand and studied about the life of Jesus with a group of people. And I one night watched the movie from Campus Crusade called Jesus. After I learned about Jesus for three months, that night, that movie kind of summarized what happened to Jesus. I bowed my head and gave my life to Jesus that night. After so many years of God trying to move me from negative 10 to negative 9, negative 8, negative 7, and one day, I came to zero and confessed with my mouth, yes, I want Jesus. And by that time, I become plus one. I was a born-again Christian in 1981. And I never forget, next morning, that was Saturday, next morning on Sunday, I woke Pasada up together. Usually Sunday, we just hang out. I say to her, let's go to church. We are Christian now. We should practice Christianity fully. I don't want to be a nominal Christian. So we woke up and we got dressed and we went to an evangelical church in Bangkok. Actually, the pastor was preaching in English. I did not understand very well, but I have a piece of paper and write down what he said. I tried to learn. And I was baptized by this American missionary pastor from evangelical church. I moved to another city to be a neurosurgeon on the east side of Thailand. 
Right away, when I got there, I and Pastor Da were looking for a local church, and we joined a Southern Baptist church. At that time, I was not baptized with the Holy Spirit yet, but I loved this Baptist. I loved this American missionary, Pastor and Mrs. Dan and Fan Cobb. Their first name, Daniel and Fan Cobb, from Kentucky. We committed our life into that Baptist church, and we serve. We pull out the chair, we clean up the carpet, we drove the car to pick up people from villages to come to church. We gave tithe. We were trained by these American missionaries to understand the Bible, and we really committed until God moved me to the U.S. After God moved me to the U.S. in 1985, right away. We went to a church in Northgate area called Christ Church of Northgate. We committed, even though some night I did not sleep because of on call at Harborview, but I still try to make it to church every Sunday, even though sometimes I fell asleep during the sermon. Not because I did not sleep well the night before, but also because I could not understand the American preacher very well. He talked with American slang and accent. I mean, the way I I was in new in in America, so American preacher I could not understand well. Anyway, thank God for them that at least I can learn something little by little. What I shared with you a while ago, I just want to help you understand the path of life as a believer. As a believer, we. Try to help people from zero to minus ten by showing love to them, help them to understand Jesus, help them to understand the gospel and the goodness of God and about zozo or salvation, until they gave their life to Jesus Christ and they become plus one. And after they become plus one, please don't stop there, because. God wants us to grow up spiritually, and He wants us to become more like Jesus Christ and become very effective for the kingdom of God. And the way of God is this: after a believer, a brand new believer accepts Christ, our job is to help that person to find a good local church and commit to a good local church, so that he will be taken care of. Taught, trained, discipled, and have a chance to use the gift and ability to serve and to be trained by the Lord to do the ministry. I don't believe, in my own understanding of the Bible and my own experience, I don't believe that we do ministry to preach the gospel and get people saved and leave them in the middle of somewhere. I believe that. We need to help people to join a local church. Amen. It might not be New Hope Church. That's okay. There are so many great churches in the city. We are not the answer to the world. We are just part of the body of Christ. But everybody should join into a local church where the pastor loves them, preaches the word of God. The Holy Spirit is has freedom to do anything. The church that believe in holiness. The church that will not welcome demons and Satan and play game with the world, the church that want to become the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, and understand about authority, 
about honor the Lord, about living for the kingdom and seeking the kingdom of God first. So in my understanding from Buddhism into Christianity, I understand this way. Every born-again Christian should commit to a local church. I don't believe in people sitting at home watching TV and say, I'm a believer. Everyone should come into a local church in their hometown and commit and serve the Lord there and get trained. In the past two sermons, I talked about the characteristic of the family of God. Number one, commitment. Number two, we talk about being trained in the local church, being taught. Number three, we talk about relationship, that people in the church should be like a family. We should know each other. We should know each other's name. That's why I try to memorize people's name. I have a piece of paper here. On Friday, when Allison told me that she has come to this church, I wrote down right away when I got back to my office, Allison and Steve Judd. You know why? Because I want to remember your name because you are my family. Amen? You are not just a number on the seat there. We are the family. We need to build relationship. We need to love each other. How we do that? After Sunday service, we spend time a little bit more to greet people, to welcome people, to hug people, and to encourage people. We don't run out right away to go back home to watch football game. We try to mingle and talk. We have lunch once a month on the morning service. We have dinner. If you like Thai, Thai food, come to the Thai service. But you may not understand what I preach, though. We will have ear uh, translation. But you can eat Thai food every Sunday evening. And this is a really custom-made Thai food. Okay? We have about four or five restaurant owners in our church, so they cook very well. If one day you feel bored at home, you can drive from, <laughs> from your home, Snoqualmie. That's right. I'm trying to think. Drive from Snoqualmie and have dinner here free of charge. Because we are family, we eat together. And we spend time in the care group together once a week or twice a month or whatever. We spend time, we join the ministry so that we can mingle with people, do the work of God together, get to know each other. Uh, I was thinking, this is Pastor Da's idea, but again, I'm not promising anything until I talk to elders. Pastor Da come up with the idea that maybe once a year, <laughs> I hope Pastor Da will not get mad at me, once a year, our church will have a bus trip together. That the whole church will rent maybe hire three or four buses. And we all got on the bus with 50 people, get to... Not Hawaii. <laughs> we can go to... Hawaii, you need to fly. <laughs> we can go to Crystal Mountain. We can go to some place together, or Mount Rainier, and we eat sandwich together there, hang out together to have a fellowship in the bus. I think it's a good idea that once a year we do that together as a whole church. How many people like that idea? This is from Pasada. That we can hang out together in the bus. Because we are the family, we want to go out to really spend time and laugh together, sing worship song together in the bus together. Amen. 
I like sightseeing, so maybe we can go out together to Mount Rainier or somewhere to spend time together, or maybe Olympic Peninsula or Hurricane Ridge or something. Okay, so we will let you know that it's going to happen or not. We let you know maybe two or three months ahead of time, so that you can prepare. It will not be expensive because we share the cost of the bus together. We also learned that in a family, we don't treat the family or the house as a hotel. That we just come in and eat and sleep and then leave. We all take responsibility to take care of the house of God and the ministry. Every Christian should serve the Lord, some way, somehow. Maybe little job, maybe big job. In the eyes of God, it's not important whether you are preacher here or you are taking care of the sound system or you are taking care of something else. Now, I thank Mary Jo that she always helped me all these 30 years. I write my sermon in English and I email her the sermon so she can correct my English and send me back so I can have the good lesson in English because I'm not, I was not born speaking English. So my writing sometimes off in the grammar or in the vocabulary. So if you want to volunteer to do that, I can send email to you. You can read my sermon. And you can correct my English and give it to me, so I can learn English as well. You see, even correcting English is a ministry. You can do different things in the church. Look for the ministry. Find your calling. Maybe one of these days we're gonna have a class called "Discovering Your Ministry." How you gonna find your ministry together? Not only that, we learn that in the church we need to have good example. The pastor and leaders need to be example, good example to the flock of God, and not only that, the flock should follow good example or obey the leaders. I read the last scripture on Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Let me read one more time: Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage of you. So, pastor has a job to be example, to teach the word, to train you. The fivefold ministry gift: apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are the coach to train you to be a servant of God. And you train, you learn how to serve God. So it's good to listen to them. But definitely, both sides have responsibility. The fivefold ministry gift have the responsibility to live a holy life, to be good example, to be true to the word, to let Jesus become the head of the church, not him become the head of the church. And we need to surrender to the spirit of the living God. I would like to encourage all of you to listen to the sermon called "Spirit Let Living." I think about twenty-four, twenty-five sermon. Please listen. Very important to be trained to be led by the Spirit, not by your flesh, not by the circumstances, by feelings or by man's opinion. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. It's so important to know that the church is the army, is the body that we come together and be trained and learn the way to fight the warfare, how to serve the Lord, how to use our life as a part of members of the body. Some of you. Are fingers, so you know how to use the finger to bless the whole body, 
Yeah, there's some connection. The fingers connect to the hand. The hand connect to the arms. There is connection and serve one another in unity, helping each other for the whole body to be healthy and strong. The church should be that way. The family serve one another, learn, example, and grow together. Now, I would like to talk about two more characteristics of the family. Let me read from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Why the Bible talk about loving money? Do you notice that a lot of people in the world are really controlled by money? Money is a big deal. Is that right? Because you have to pay your bills. You buy a house by having money to pay your house. You can pay your gasoline. You can use money to buy fun things. Go to Hawaii or go to Mauritania. So we need money to spend in our society. But we should not love money because the person who gives us joy and peace is not money, but it is God. God is the source of joy, peace, and all the provision of our life. We should love God more than money. But the truth is, we still need money. Is that right? How many people say, I don't want money? Raise your hand up. Wow, I don't see even one hand. How many people say, more money? Raise your hand up. Oh, a lot of hands. We want more money. That's right. In the same way, in the family, we need money for the expenses. To pay the electric bill, to pay for rental costs, to pay for food and everything. We need money. The church is a family. The church also needs money to spend. Even though salvation also is free, but we need money to preach the gospel and to do the ministry. That's why God say we need to support our family. I worked so hard after I got married with Pastor Da, and we raised the family together. One of my commitment as a husband to her, I just share my heart with you. One of the commitment in my heart is that one day, I don't know when, if I died, my wife will not be on the street begging for money. She will have enough to live on. My responsibility as a husband, I need to take care of my wife financially and my kids as well. We save some money so that our children will have inheritance. My children is so nice to me. Dad, spend all of them. Enjoy your life. But in my heart, I still say, no, I'm going to leave inheritance for my children. I'm not going to spend all of them. And Pastor Da agree with that. So we love our family. That's why I work so hard. I wake up at 6, 5 a.m. to go to make round the hospital and work so hard so that I can have finances to f- take care of my family. In the same way, we should think this way. I go out to work so hard so that I can have money to feed my family and also to give financial freebie offering and tithe to bless and take care of my church so that my church will not be lacking. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, For even when we were with you, 
We gave you this rule. If a man, I want to parenthesis too, a woman. In fact, I want to say that Pastor Da work harder than me. My job is maybe 7 to 5 p.m. Her job is 7 to sometime 1 a.m. Non-stop. Don't look down on your wife, okay, who is a homemaker. Her job is very difficult. All day long. Working all day long. They have a job too, but different kind of job compared to the husband. If a man or a woman will not work, he shall not eat. Everyone should be willing to work or to do something for the household, for the family, and for the church. We should be giver and supporter. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 19. He who works his land will have abundant food. We need to be diligent, industrious in working. Then we will have abundance. But the one who chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. Some people have fantasy that, oh, if I just sit around, do nothing. One day, maybe somebody will ring the bell and hand me an envelope. With $5,000, and oh God, send money to me from heaven. I'm going to sit here watching TV, doing nothing. It's not going to happen. I remember many years ago when I just moved to the U.S., one man walked into my office. I don't know him at all, actually. And he come and sit in front of me and say, I'm an evangelist. Oh, really? Okay, evangelist. What is your name? Blah, blah, blah. And he said, you know, God told me to come to you and ask money from you. And I say, God hasn't talked to me yet. I don't know you. <laughs> this is a real story. Real. So sometimes ministers think this way. I'm going to serve God. And people have to give money to me. It's not pass allow. I work. I'm a tent maker. I'm not going to come to people and begging for money. Amen. I work and earn my own income. Definitely, I'm 65 now. Still young, because I expect to live 120 years. One of these days, I need to become full-time. But before I become full-time, I have already served this church for 30 years. And I don't even think about, you need to give me money. I just make my own money. Because I want to be example to you that serving the Lord is not about taking advantage of people or getting money from people. But it's a lifestyle. But one day, if I need to become full-time because I'm getting older, I cannot do two jobs for a long time, then the church definitely take care of me financially. So I have food to eat. I have money to spend. It's okay to be a full-time worker in the church, to be pastor, workers. There's <laughs> nothing wrong to get salary from the church. But before you can get salary from the church, you need to prove first that you work fully for the Lord. You cannot just walk in and say, you know, I'm pastor so-and-so, give me money. No, prove to me first that you visit people, you work hard, you live a lifestyle of the service, not just come and sit and asking for money. That is my philosophy. I want to see your life first, that you serve fully before I hire you. You need to serve God fully before you become a full-time worker. That's why our church don't hire people who graduated from the Bible school right at the spot. 
Come in, serve first. Show me you are real. You are not goofy. I'm not going to give you money because you just have diploma. No way. Amen? Amen. You may not agree with me. That's okay. But that is my philosophy. I want to protect this house from goofy things. I want the real things. Amen? Hallelujah. So we go out and work and we give tithe and offering. You need to understand that when you give tithe and offering, you don't give to any man. Don't say, Pastor Lau, I feel so bad for you. I sympathize you, so I'm going to give this money to you. You don't give to me, you give to God. Amen? Amen? It's not about human and human, it's about you and God. You give to God and then God will work it out in the church to give to people later on. But don't come with the agenda that, you know I'm a millionaire. My tithe to this church is going to be about 500000 a year. Pastor, stop playing on a hand. If you don't stop playing on a hand, move in the fire, cast out demons in front of the public, I'm going to leave the church. And I will say, take your money with you. You cannot control me with money. I'm going to do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. You cannot buy this church. Amen. We're going to have to be very honest to the Bible. Money cannot buy this church. But do we need money to spend? Yes. And I believe our source is God. God is going to provide for this house. We're going to have more than enough to do the great commission. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. This is a promise of God. And he say, I challenge you, okay? Say the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room or room enough for it. This is the promise of God that when you faithfully give 10% to wherever is feeding you and taking care of you spiritually. Whatever God speaks to you. Maybe you say, Pastor Lau, this church doesn't feed me. I listen to Joyce Meyer. You don't do anything to me. I don't like your teaching. You want to give tithe to Joyce Meyer? I'm not going to tell you that you cannot. You can do whatever you want with your money. But wherever you get fed, wherever you get the food, you should give tithe to that pit place. Amen? I'm not going to tell you where you give tithe, but the Holy Spirit will speak to you where you should give your tithe. Amen? Amen. I myself give tithe to this church because I get taken care by people in this church, so I need to give to where I get fed here. People love me, feed me, help me, so I give tithe to this church. So we should be a tither. And don't worry. Some of you worry that if you give 10%, you will not have enough to do anything. No, God promised you. He will pour his blessing on you to the point that you don't have room enough for it. Try God with this one. Test God with this one. I have done already, and it happened to me. When I first started clinic in east side of Thailand, 
There is a slang in Thailand because we have a lot of mosquitoes. When you don't have enough business, we have a slang call. I just spend time slapping mosquito on my lap because you don't have customer. You just sit there, and then because mosquito come to your lap. When you are so busy, you don't have time to slap on mosquito because you walk around all the time. Mosquito cannot find you. You always run around to work. But when you sit around, do nothing. They will come to your neck and like this in Thailand. Mosquito. When I first start my clinic, I slept on many mosquitoes, <laughs> and it's so hard because there were about 50 clinics in that small town with a few. Thousand people, and I was a young doctor there. A brand new, no one knew me. Hard to get any clients or patients there to feed my family. But I and Pastor Da began to tie to that Baptist church. I tell you, it's amazing. After I began to tithe, things happen. God sent in patient that no one else can cure that patient in the whole country of Thailand. Came in and I found a problem. I fixed it, and that person got up and walked. And now the news about Pasala went all over the city. My clinic was packed after a few months, and money just come in and come in. God can do anything. I sometimes I pray for my patient, and they got healed, and they t- went out to tell people, "Come to this clinic. He's amazing, a miracle worker. He's not just a neurosurgeon. You see, God fed me." In that city, because we are faithful tithers. Okay, I move on to the next one. Otherwise, you think that I'm gonna pass the offering back. Okay, next one. <laughs> Proverbs three nine and ten. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. One day, I'm gonna teach you in detail about the offerings of the Lord, and I'm gonna explain to you about the first fruit. What are the first fruit? Right now, I don't have time to explain. I am writing sermon right now and almost done. I'm going to teach maybe many weeks about the offerings of the Lord. So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. So we should honor the Lord with our finances. Bless the kingdom. Bless the Great Commission. Participate in mission. Support. The work of the Lord in the world. Our church support ministry for Israel, and also orphanage. We gave to different ministry to support them, to make sure that they can do well in their ministry. We support a lot of churches. I'm not saying that we try to make them depend on us, but we give them offering to help them. We don't want anybody to depend on us. They to depend on God. Amen. So we should be givers. But not only that, the last principle of being a family of God. I and Pastor Da, we have a family. We bought a house at that time when I started my life in Seattle. We had a small house in North Seattle area, close to Northgate. And my salary at that time as a resident at University of Washington was about $2,000 a month gross income. So I took home about 15, maybe 14, $1,500 a month with one daughter to take care of. But 
When God called us to start the church, we opened our home to be the church. We used our best men, and Pastor Tyson was about seven years old or six years old. We used my bedroom to be the Sunday school. We just bought a brand new bed from what company? Levitz. We bought a brand new bed from Levitz. I don't know Levitz still around or not. Not anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Levitz is a furniture store. I did not have a lot of money, so we bought. And Pastor Tyson had fun in the Sunday school. He jumped on my bed, and my bed broke. Brand new bed. <laughs> Sean was there too. Oh, Sean Humphrey, jump up there too. Oh, Sean Humphrey. Not only Pastor Tyson, but Sean Humphrey jumped too. Okay. Hallelujah. What I try to say is this. A family, a household, we just don't live for ourselves. We open our home to bless people. We open our life. We reach out to people. We are not living our life selfishly. I remember every time I bought a home, I pray to God, my home is going to be the place of salvation, healing, encouragement, restoration of husband and wife who want to divorce. My home is going to be the place of the glory, the presence of God. Demons have to come out from people when they show up in my house. The place of people will come and meet and get exhortation in my home. I want to extend my life to outsiders, not just living for myself. The Bible says, God said to Abraham, I shall bless you so that you can bless the nations. I talked to somebody on Friday night. Serve the Lord. God send the nations to you. You don't need to fly anywhere. How many nationalities here? I don't know. 20 nationalities? God send the nations to you in this house that you can minister to them. Amen? I'm so thankful for Taiwanese. Awesome people, Taiwanese. So good, so smart, so good at music. I'm thankful for Spanish-speaking people. Thankful for... (laughs) Praise God. Amen. For Japanese. We need to reach out. So in the same way, the family of God here. We should not just enjoy ourselves here. Close ourselves up. We should be hospitable. Welcome people. Feed people. We should open our home, our church, to feed people. When new guests come in, we invite them for dinner, show love to them, take them along, help them, reach out to the neighborhoods. We should be outreach church, looking for souls to be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. 
at the beginning of my life in Seattle, Pastor Da cooked all the time and invite Thai students to our home and feed them. And after the, their stomach is full, I say, can I share something with you? And I just preach the gospel to them. And many of them are still leaders in Thailand right now. They're running the church right now. Many Thai students accepted Jesus Christ in our home. We should be that kind of people. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 2 say, Do not forget to entertain strangers. When strangers walk into the church, welcome them. Show hospitality to them. For by doing so, by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Our church should be hospitable church. Our rich love people outside. Want to see people saved. Want to see people come into the kingdom. We spend our money and time to do outreach to love people out there, not just only here. We should reach out to the society. Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, the king will reply. Remember this, when you do good to people, even stranger, new guests in the church, maybe somebody come in and looking for church and they come in here. You remember this, when you do good to them, you welcome them, show hospitality, bless them, love them, visit them. The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Every time you do good to people, you are doing it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? We should be that kind of church. A church that wants to show hospitality to the outsider, to the guests, to the newcomers. Reach out to the neighbors. Look for opportunity to tell people the gospel. Before people listen to, to the gospel you preach, they need to see your goodness first. Let me read from Isaiah here. It's not in the PowerPoint. But I want to show you why we need to do good to your, our neighbors and strangers and show love to people. I'm very careful in the hospital. In the operating room, I never yell at anybody. I never become rude to any nurse when the x-ray tech walk in and t- take x-ray from my patient, I will turn around and say, thank you so much. I never throw stuff on the ground because I am a Christian doctor. I am a disciple of Jesus. People need to see Christ in me. They even have a joke in the operating room. The joke is this. Dr. Lau never know how to yell. And one time they say, could you show me how you yell? So I yell, please do this for me. And they all laugh. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 6, in the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one has six wings, with two he covered his face, and two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another, said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. I like that. Every Sunday when I worship, I say, God, fill with this house with the smoke of your glory. 
I cried out every Sunday. I want this house to be filled with the cloud of glory. So I said, "What is me? For I am undone." When you encounter the fire of God, when you encounter God, you come to repentance. You know how sinful you are and how much you need the help of God. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King and the Lord of Hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal. This is about the picture or the type of the fire. Come and touch, touch the tongue. Live coal he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, "Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sins purged." As I mentioned on Friday night, the fire of God is about holiness, about purging bad things out of us. And also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send, and whom will go for us?" Then I said, "I hope that this is your prayer as well. Here am I. Send me." And He said, "Go and tell these people." Now I'm going to come to the key scriptures. Keep on hearing. But do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Have you ever seen people like that? You preach the gospel. They, say, what? They don't understand. You keep telling them God loves you. What? And they shut their ear. They walk away. They don't want to hear from you. Make the heart of these people dull. The heart is so dull, and their ears heavy. They don't want to hear the gospel. And shut their eyes. Less now the antidote in the medical field. When you give people too much morphine, you can give antidote to reverse the morphine. Less they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return and be healed. Before they open their ears to hear. Before the heart is open to understand, what has to happen first? They see with their eyes that you are kind, you are generous, you are loving, you are very gracious, forgiving. They see the power of God through you. You lay a hand on them. Wow! They get healed. Who? They see with their eyes. That God is in you, and you shine the glory of God through you. This is the reason why, as a pastor of this church, I care the most about the Word, the Spirit, holiness, faith, and love. These five things will help you to grow to become like Jesus Christ. So many people in America hate the church. They look down on the Church of Jesus. Because they experience hypocrisy, they experience evil leadership, they experience bad things in the church, and they say bye bye. I don't want to do anything with Jesus anymore, with Christianity, with the church anymore. My heart passion for you is that we all will grow up. You need to understand: put major, major; put minor, minor. Major thing is the word. The spirit, holiness, maturity, faith, love—all these things. If you have, 
you're going to reach out to people and you're going to become mature. And when people look at us, they will say, I want Jesus Christ. I want to listen to the gospel. The Bible says in Matthew 24, verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. My brother and sister, let me say it this way. If you really know the heart of God, if you put the stethoscope on the heart of Jesus Christ and listen to his heart, you need to understand one thing. He will say, nations, nations, nations. If we are real Christians who know God, we care for the nations. We care for Israel. We care for Africa. We care for Europe. We care for China, for Taiwan. We care for Singapore. We care for Malaysia. Care for Egypt, for Mexico, Brazil. We care for the nations. And we want to be a part of blessing the nations. We cannot do everything because we are a small church. But we do our part to bless the nations together. I tell you, if God opened the door and tell me, I'm happy to fly to China, even though I don't know how to speak Chinese. That's why we start to produce the teaching in Mandarin by one brother here, Gary, who speaks Chinese in a mainland Chinese way. We want to reach out to Chinese people. Why we produce teaching in German language in the YouTube? Because we want to reach out to Swiss people and German people. We want to touch the nation. We just do the best we can. The rest we give to God. We, New Hope International Church, cares for the nations. We thank God in our camp. The nation came to our camp, 130 people last August. We should be joyful that all these people fly from everywhere to meet us in the camp. We should not be selfish. We should not be self-centered. Me, 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 new hope. Oh, Pastor Lau, you spend time with me. You need to be in this house every Sunday. No, sometimes I have to fly. You need to let me go. Amen? Amen. To bless the nation, you can come with me. Sometime, if you are called to come. Amen? I'm going to fly to St. Paul, Minnesota in first week, end of November, but I've come back on Sunday to reach out to a tribal people called Hmong. Have you ever heard Hmong? Hmong is a big group of Hmong live in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm going to go there to preach the gospel. Wherever God opened the door, I will go. I'm not the answer to the whole world. We are not the answer to the whole world. But we do the best wherever the territory that God gives to us. God gives us territory here, there, there. Now God opened the door for Germany and Switzerland. Maybe one day God opened the door for France. Whatever God opened the door, I'm not going to run ahead of God. I'm going to be the eagle to fly with the spirit. Wherever God opened the door, I will fly with him. I'm not going to push God. I'm not going to be like Abraham when he tried to get a son and go after Haggah and produce Ishmael, which is not the son of the promise. I'm not going to produce something that's not led by the Spirit of God. We're going to be led by the Spirit, even in the great commission. 
because we have limited times, energies, resources to do things. So we have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. I want to read last scripture. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Thank God we can reach out to our neighbors, to our friend at work. We can invite our co-worker to come to our house, eat dinner and share the gospels, give CD to them, love them, invite them to come to care groups, come to church service, come to camp. We reach out to them, but thank God we don't need to do all these things by our own strength. We have the Holy Spirit, the anointing to save the lost, to reach out to the nations together. That's why our church welcome the infilling of the Spirit and of fire. And after that, we can reach out to Jerusalem in Seattle. Judea. Right now, we reach out to people in California, Orange County, and San Diego. In St. Paul, Minnesota, Judea. In Virginia, we have a church in Virginia. This morning, I got a picture from New York. They start a new church in New York right now with us. And I want to tell you my heart quickly. A group, from, a group of people from Chicago started a church with us. And I sat down with them because most people who know me are Thai. I have a lot of teaching in YouTube in Thai. I'm not famous among Americans. So Thai people know me. So most people got saved to this YouTube in Chicago. <laughs> so they joined together to start the church. And it's interesting. And when we sat down in the camp... They asked me, who you choose to be coordinator or the leader now? And I pick an African-American man to be the leader. Everyone look at me. You don't pick Thai man, a Thai woman to be leader? No, I'm going to pick this man to be the leader. And I say to them, brother and sister, we are not going to build a Thai church. We're going to build international church in Chicago. Some people misunderstand me, pass aloud everything about Thai, Thai, Thai. You totally misunderstand me. My heart is for the nations. Really for the nations. The heart of God in me. I love the nations. I want to bless the nations. Sometimes I flew to Thailand to, by Eva Airline and I stopped at Taipei. And I was thinking, one of these days, I hope I can get out of the airport to preach the gospel in Taipei or in Taiwan. But we don't go there by our own strength and power. Well, I don't go there by the title MD or reverend. I go by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Everyone say the anointing. We preach by the anointing. We serve the Lord by the anointing. You may not be a preacher like me. That's okay. 
you may be a hairstylist, and when your customer sit down, I got that at my hairstylist shop. When I sat down, he preached to me for 20 minutes, and I listened and amen, amen, amen. <laughs> I cannot run away. So you can preach the gospel at your workplace. Show love to people. Amen? You don't need to be a preacher. You can share the gospel to everybody around you. But you need to have a heart. I want to reach out to the nations and I want people to come to know God and join into the kingdom of God and experience Zosso. On Friday night, a few brothers, sisters in University of Washington say that we have a vision our members, a vision to preach to thousands of students in University of Washington. I say, go for it. Go for it. And while they were talking that they're going to try to reach out to the students in the University of Washington, the Lord spoke to me to tell them three things. I remember only two things now. Number one, you need to understand the total meaning of the word salvation. Sorso, in order to preach the gospel. Two, you need the fire. You cannot win all these intellectual people by intellects. You win them by the power of God. Amen? I don't know, remember number three now. That's okay. But the key is the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? They have goal that 1,000 people will hear the gospel and get saved. All our young people want to do that. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, thank you so much for reminding your house, your family, about the importance of the local church, of the church life, of the family of God. Understand the principle in the Bible, what to do in this short life we live on this earth. Father, we have only one life. After this, we go to heaven. We have only one opportunity, one chance to live for you, Lord. Therefore, we don't want to miss anything. We want to live our life the way you want us to live. We want to be doers of your word. Lord, give your people who are listening to this teaching the great grace. The great grace comes upon them all so that they can fulfill the calling in their life. If they are down by sickness right now, healing will come to them so that they can be healthy to serve the Lord. Father, they are in debt. They struggle financially. Set them free from financial troubles, Lord. They shall have more than enough. Your grace shall abound in their life so that they have everything that they need for themselves. And more than that, to do every good work. Father, give them the fire that they will run the race to the end. Use all
all of us to reach to the nations. Maybe one day God opened the door for Israel. Maybe one day for Taiwan, China, Mexico, Brazil. Lord, whatever country you open the door, we are willing to say like Isaiah. Lord, here am I. Send me. And this is not only for Pastor Lau, for everyone in New Hope International Church. Send me to preach the gospel. People will see with their eyes first that we are loving people, not critical people. We are full of joy. Ha 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 ha! Ho ho ho! We are full of grace and peace and power. And when they see us, the ears shall be open to hear the gospel, and their heart will receive Zosu, and they shall be healed. Thank you, Lord. Use all of us in this one life that we have to participate in the great commission. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, all the people who say "use me" say "amen." Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. If you are a Christian who has never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I would like to. I and some leader will pray for you. So if you never speak. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and give you so much grace. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you shalom. And I believe that the Lord has strengthened you, quickened you by His Spirit and by His Word in this teaching. I will see you in the next teaching. May the Lord bless you and your family and your church. 